pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Everybody loves a good wedding, right? Jesus talks a lot about it. Many times when he says the kingdom of heaven is like or the kingdom of heaven will be like, comes back to a wedding banquet or a wedding feast. So you think about it. I learned this week the average wedding uh, in the United States costs tens of thousands of dollars, which that seems like a lot to me. Um, we don't charge that. If you want to get married here in the church, I'll make you a great deal. Just one ten of thousands. But we do everything, like we get everything lined up. We make sure the flowers are going to arrive on time. We make sure the van that's going to take the wedding party from the church to whatever farm you're going to have the reception. We make sure the band is going to be queued up and warmed up for the reception. We make sure everything happens. And then sometimes the priest wakes up that morning and needs to go to the hospital. The very first wedding I ever did, I was a baby priest in Houston. I'm just going about my business on a Saturday morning. I get a phone call from my friend, Jimmy, another priest. Like, hey, Jimmy, what's up? It's Jimmy's wife who says he's going in for emergency surgery, and he's having a wedding that night. Can I fill in? Can you imagine? (laughs) Fortunately, someone from the church called that couple to let him know because, like, the flowers are here. Grandma and Grandpa got in. Everything's lined up, and they walk down the aisle, and... Could you imagine? <laughs> or sometimes everything is down to the minute. You got to clock. Like some of these places have like wedding organizers that have like, you know, uh, a sheet that says at this time the organ starts playing this, at this time, you know, the first bridesmaid's going to walk in, at this time everything. And that's great. Sometimes the priest gets in a wreck on the way to the church. Number one, none of y'all are ever going to ask me to marry you because I have these stories. <laughs> but, but back before I was a priest, I was wearing the stuff that those folks, I was a verger at my church in Houston, and I was verging at a wedding, and I got there early like I always do, and the priest and I meet there, and we get everything set up, and he's not here, and you know, it's a Saturday, he's got kids, whatever. So I get everything set up, the family starts showing up, I'm the one greeting them, and I'm like, hey, you know, have a seat, like, yada, yada. You know, they're doing pictures and all this, and, you know, it's like 45 minutes ahead of time. Okay, I text the priest, hey, nothing. It's like 30 minutes ahead of time, more people, like, y'all know weddings, they start to fill up. It's like 15 minutes ahead of time, and, like, there's other people serving in the wedding, like church people, there's usher, you know how we do these things. They look at me, because like, I'm dumb enough to put on one of these robes. <laughs> and so they think, like, like, I don't know. And, you know, it's like five minutes till. There's still no priest. And, like, there's the joke, like, you can't start the wedding without the bride, which is true. You also can't really, unless one of y'all got ordained online or, like, one of you's a judge or something, like, you can't start the wedding without the officiant either. Finally figure out, he got in a wreck, he's on his way, he's figuring it out, right? It's an hour and a half late. Can you imagine? And so we, like, had an impromptu hymn sing-along. Like, we're doing whatever we can to, like, keep this (laughs) uncle over here from getting crazy. Uh, Sometimes you just have to 
to wait. And so I wonder if these bridesmaids in today's gospel were at that wedding. <laughs> Which is why they brought extra oil in the first place, because they know <laughs> someone's going to get in a wreck, and this is not going to go the right way. Because like today's gospel, it's pretty strange, right? At one level, like we want to read it as an allegory, and we just want to pick the parts, right? An allegory, every single thing has a thing. And so yeah, the bridegroom, obviously Jesus, right? The bridesmaids, that's the church. The oil, that's our faith. We've got to keep our um, candles burning, all of that. But when we do that, we run into a roadblock. Like if this is an allegory, like all the pieces fit together and they all have a specific, where's the bride? Who here would ever talk about a wedding without talking about the bride? Don't make that mistake twice. Why did some people bring enough oil to get through a wedding when the priest gets in a car wreck on the way there, and other people didn't bring enough to get through the first hymn? Right? Like, it doesn't make sense if we tried to read it as an allegory. But if we look at it in context, Matthew 25, which is where we are today, it obviously comes after Matthew 24, which we've been reading through. All of this is about the end of the world. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's approaching his death. And he's telling them, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The end of days is like this. All of this. But he's also cautious to say, no one knows the day or the hour. No one knows what it's going to be like. He even says, I, Jesus, don't know. But we can think about what it might be like. And so Jesus tells us this story today, and, and we, want to pick, we want to figure out, okay, what part do we play? What part do we need to do? How do we get ready for the last day. How do we know that we're, when Jesus comes back, how do we know that we're ready? And I think Jesus would look at us and say we're missing the point. Because not even Jesus knows the day or the hour. I think what we're encouraged to do in this gospel today is to hold the light. To have that candle, have that lamp, and hold it. Not so we can search out and try to pick apart the dates and the times and the things and figure out how the world's going to end. Not so we can search that out. No. Because we remember this is Matthew who's writing this today. Way back toward the beginning of Matthew, he talks about light in another way. Jesus looks at the disciples and says, you are the light of the world. And here, toward the end of Jesus' life, I think he's looking back at those disciples. He doesn't need to remind them, but in essence, he's saying again, you are the light of the world. Make sure you have enough oil so you can hold that light. So what does that look like to be a church that holds the light? To be a church that's the light of the world? I did what every college student nowadays does, and I asked ChatGPT, AI, it's like, show me a church that's the light of the world. This, this looks scary, right? Number one, there's no parking. This is not functional <laughs> at all. Um, and like, there's one little light in front, right? It almost reminds me of Narnia. So like, I'm afraid to go in that church because like, then this like half man half donkey thing's going to talk to me. 
So then I corrected it, and I, was, I asked AI, I was like, what would a church who's the light of the world look like if it involved corn? <laughs> if it's your first time here, this makes no sense. Maybe if you've been here a while, this makes no sense. This is still no parking, though. This is a real problem, y'all. The parking's behind the corn, that's right. This feels like a very if you build it, they will come thing. We as St. Martin's are the light of the world. We may not have cornfields out there, but we are the light of the world. We hold the light when we fill up that wagon in the back each week. If you don't know what the corn is, it's a joke. We've become known as St. Martin in the cornfields because we have uh, dedicated ourselves to donating at least 150 cans of corn to the food pantry we're in partnership with. And so if you see a giant stack of corn back there, that all goes to East Fort Worth for our brothers and sisters and siblings experiencing food insecurity. We hold the light with cans of corn. And so maybe we look a little bit like that. We also hold the light when we do things like collect backpacks. So you see here, this all happened in the course of a couple weeks. Some ladies came to me and said, hey, what would you think about this? This is a diocesan-wide mission project. Could we do it? They're like, yeah. I was like, let's set an audacious goal. And so uh, this past spring, we collected backpacks. We collected 104 backpacks, pajamas, lights, all these things so that they could go in these bags and be given to a foster agency so that teenagers entering the foster care system could see the light. We were the light of the world through backpacks. This summer, we were the light of the world through City Week, and we had folks who went to Union Gospel. Where all did y'all go? Who went? Union Gospel? I think they're all in Children's Chapel. Or they just picked a bad day to not be here. They went to Union Gospel Mission. They went to Four Saints. They worked with our outreach partners in this summer to let folks know God loves them, to be the light of the world. We not only do it through mission and outreach, we do it through public witness. We do things like marching in the streets of Fort Worth to let children know that their lives are important. And so the next slide is us marching at the March for Life, uh, where we joined with people around the community, uh, marching in remembrance and in support of, of school safety following uh, yet another senseless shooting. For public witness, we also do things like invite folks to come in, the next slide, and talk to us, talk to leaders in our community about uh, our transgender siblings and help us understand um, how to, to better love and support folks in our lives. And so for this, uh, half the people that came to this aren't parishioners here. They're people from the community that found out about it. And we were a place that held the light. So this is a safe place where we can talk about this. This is a safe place where we can learn how to love our siblings. We also do public witness. Uh, sometimes it rains when we do this out in the parking lot. And there's John and Phyllis who had the early shift this past um, Ash Wednesday. We do uh, ashes to go, ashes in the parking lot. And this is a way that we stand up and we hold the light. And some of y'all who can't make the regular services, you'll drive through, and I know who y'all are, and it's great and all that. 
But then we have someone who comes up and says, I visit my family from Michigan every year, and I know you're here. Two years in a row, right? More people come to this, multiples more, than actually come to the Ash Wednesday services in here. We actually don't have the 7 a.m. Ash Wednesday service anymore because we're too busy out there. That's a way we get to hold the light. We, in this place, have a particular focus on our ministry with children, and so we hold the light through things like our Easter festival, where we bring in barnyard animals and bounce houses and ice cream so that we can let folks know Jesus didn't just raise from the dead on Easter Sunday. They can come back the next week, and it's going to be all about kids, and we're going to let them know God loves them and that we want to have some fun. Or it looks like holding the light through Vacation Bible School, where a bunch of teenagers put this on. Miss Liza and I are just there to make sure no one burns the place down. It's teenagers that arrange everything, lead everything, with some grown-up help. I'm not going to discount that. But dozens or more of our youth lead this, and dozens of kids get to come. Some who are parishioners here, some who just know this is a place where they can come for a week in the summer and know that God loves them. We can hold the light. In that way, we hold the light by baptizing and confirming followers of Jesus. This was this past Pentecost when we had a couple bishops come here, baptize a baby, confirm a whole bunch of people. Because all the good that we do through our ministry of outreach, of public witness, children and youth, It's because we have been there and we know that we are God's own forever in baptism. We know that we follow Jesus and we want the world to know through our confirmation, through our worship, we do all of that. And the end result of that, yesterday uh, we buried, uh, or we had the funeral for Lyndall Grebe, who was a parishioner here. Maybe you remember, he's a gentleman, he'd sit over there, he'd slowly walk his way up here and, and read lessons often. When I first got here, he came here about the same time. He was 81 years old when I met him. And the first time the bishop was coming, we wanted to have confirmation class, right? Lyndall's the first person who came. He'd been confirmed a long time ago. He was confirmed before I was born. But at 81 years old, he knew he had oil left in his lamp. And he wanted to reaffirm his vows. And so when the bishop came, this 81-year-old man said, I'm still holding the light because I have enough to see us through. And so on this, the Feast of St. Martin, we're celebrating all the things we get to do in this place. That's just a sampling of some of the wonderful ministries that are possible because of what you all do, what we all do. In just a minute, we're going to bless, what's the number up to, Linda, 172? I saw you run up here like mid-sermon, or mid-service and drop some more coats off. These are coats, 170 or more. Uh, 30 knit caps made by someone who's not a parishioner here, but a friend of a parishioner here. Brings them every year. Makes these caps, donates. These are going to go to our brothers and sisters and siblings uh, experiencing homelessness so they can stay warm through our partners at Union Gospel Mission. Through coats, we get to hold the light so that others can see God's love. Thank you. Let me use this as an opportunity. None of this is possible 
without the work that each and every one of us does in this place. And so today, on our patronal feast day, on the Feast of St. Martin, we get to celebrate that we at St. Martin's are the light of the world. Amen.